Morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening in. I'm Jason DeMars. And I want to remind you, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, you can contact me at jasondemars.com. I want to speak this morning on Does God Send Prophetic Messages to the Church Today? Many teachers demonstrate we're now living in the end times. Scriptures are to be fulfilled in our day, and as such, it necessitates the prophetic ministry would return to manifest and guide us through these events just like the prophets of the Bible. I want to show you using the scriptures alone to, to demonstrate that there's a promise of a prophetic message to come to the church through the means of a prophet. Matthew 25, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. This is a verse dealing with the end time. In Matthew 24, Jesus speaks of the signs of the end time. And as chapter 25 starts, he says, Then, that is during the end times, he likens the kingdom of heaven to ten virgins. This is not speaking of heaven, but rather the church on earth. Read the seven parables of Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven has wheat and tares, and even the evil one working in it. It speaks of the time period of the church ages. Matthew 25, verse 2, five of them were foolish and five were wise, gives us two classes of virgins, wise and foolish. They're both virgins. They're clean and pure in the sight of God. They're saved and sanctified. Matthew 25, 3, for when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. The foolish are classified such because they were unprepared. They didn't take any oil with them. Matthew 25, verse 4, But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. The wise took extra oil to refill their lamps. The foolish did not. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Revival fires died down. They are no longer on fire waiting for the appearing of Christ. Verse 6, But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Here is where I want to point out the customs of the Jewish wedding. The bridegroom would come with his party to the bride's home. The bride made herself ready and with her wedding party went out to wait the soon appearing of the bridegroom. The bridegroom had groomsmen and one of them was the best man. He acted as the spokesman for the groom. Upon the arrival of the groom's party, the best man would go before it and shout, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. This is the message calling the church to get ready for the Lord's appearing. To send a message to the church, the bride of Christ, there would have to be a prophetic message. This message is two, twofold. Here is the bridegroom and come out to meet him. Uh, verse 7, then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And verse 8, the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are gone out, going out. Here we see that the foolish had oil in their lamps because they were lit but were going out. Verse 9, But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and, and, you, and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. The wise cannot give the foolish the Holy Ghost. They must go to the source to receive it. Um, verse 10, And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. The wise virgins go in the rapture to the wedding supper. But the foolish are left behind to go through the tribulation period where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
The foolish virgins are saved Christians, but they cannot go in the rapture. They are left behind and saved through the tribulation period. Come out to meet him. Revelation 18.4 says, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. The virgins are called to come out and meet the bridegroom. And this is the clear connection. Come out of mystery Babylon, the great whore and mother of harlots. Get out of that system and come to meet Christ. Many do not know that this system is already in existence. Mystery Babylon the great. Just who is the whore of Revelation 17? Revelation 17, verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters. Verse 2, With whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. Verse 3, And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names. And it had seven heads and ten horns. Verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adored with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. Verse 6, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw, saw her, I marveled greatly. In the Old Testament, when Israel sought the help of other nations and other gods, the God of Israel sent his prophets and pronounced that his people had become a whore. Read Ezekiel 23. Notice what Paul writes to the Corinthians. For I feel divine jealousy for you, since I betrayed to one as a as a pure virgin to Christ. Uh, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Paul refers to the early church as a virgin engaged to Christ, but his fear is that they will accept false teachings regarding Jesus, the gospel, and the Holy Spirit, and in so doing, commit adultery against Christ. The history of the church reveals that this is exactly what she has done. The Catholic Church developed purgatory, worship of Mary and the saints, a system of leadership foreign to scripture, belief in three gods, the sacrifice of the mass, etc. During the Dark Ages, she was drunk with the blood of the martyrs, having killed upwards of 60 million people. The colors of the Catholic Church are scarlet for the cardinals and purple for its bishops. She holds vast wealth in most countries on earth beyond any other government or organization in the world. She was also a mother of prostitutes. Out of her came many denominational organizations. The call of Christ through his messenger is, Come out of her, my people. We need a restoration of the original faith. In Revelation 2 and 3, there are seven churches in Asia Minor. These seven churches represent seven different periods of time during the church age. It is a prophetic preview given to John of what the church age period would be. Each of these churches receives their message through an angel. 
John was to write to the angel of each church. The angel of church, each church is not a supernatural angel. Rather, as the word originally means in Greek, they are messengers. These are the messengers of each church age. In each age, they have a message from God to point people back to the original faith. The early church began to slowly fall away from the original faith after the death of the apostles. Let's go through a short timeline of this process. 100 AD, bishops separated from local elders. At the same time, the teaching that through water baptism we are born again. Baptismal regeneration begins. 150, baptism in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is proclaimed by Justin Martyr. At the same time, a doctrine of salvation through the sacraments of the church takes hold. In 180, the term Trinity is introduced by Theophilus of Antioch. 200, eternal generation of the Son. Doctrine is adopted by Origen. 325, the Nicene Creed formally adopts the Trinitarian line of thinking and proclaims four bishops as patriarchs, the Bishop of Rome, Constantinople, Antioch, and Alexandria. 400, purgatory begins to be taught, and prayers for those in purgatory begin. 431, Mary is decreed the Mother of God by the Council of Ephesus. 1000, the year 1000, paying indulgences to get people out of purgatory begins. History shows us that in 1517, the start of a church reformation took place. Various scriptural doctrines began to be restored. 1520, Martin Luther restored justification by faith and the Bible being the highest authority of the church. 1525, Ulrich Zwingli restored the Lord's Supper as a symbol. In 1525 as well, Conrad Grebel and Felix Mance restored adult baptism. 1540, John Calvin restored predestination. 1740, John Wesley restored the experience of sanctification. 1830, John Darby restored the dispensational understanding of the Bible. 1900, Charles Parham restored a Pentecostal and understanding of the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. 1950, Robert Edward McAllister restored the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the truth of one God who is one person. Unfortunately, the result of all of these movements has been thousands upon thousands of denominations. This was not God's purpose. He wanted to restore his truth to his people and keep them together in unity. Malachi 4, 5, and 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with the curse. This is a promise for a man to come in the spirit and power of Elijah, not the literal Elijah. He is to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. This is the day that God will pour out his wrath and burn the world with fire just prior to the millennial reign of Christ on earth. And this Elijah is to do two, two things. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. John the Baptist fulfilled that. And two, he's to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. John the Baptist did not do that. That's a future end-time event. In Matthew 17, 11, Jesus tells us that the end-time Elijah will restore all things. It will be a ministry to restore the church back to the original faith. The men mentioned above reform the church, but the end-time Elijah is sent to restore the church. Then Malachi 4, 6 goes on to say that Elijah is being sent to prevent the earth from being smitten with the curse. 
Revelation 11 and 6, Moses and Elijah smite the earth with the curse during the day of the Lord. The end time Elijah must come during the grace age to offer grace to the world. God is going to smite the whole earth with the curse, not merely Israel. So he offers grace to the whole world through the message of the end time Elijah. Matthew uh, Luke 17 shows us that there'll be a revelation of the Son of Man. Luke 17, 24, For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be in his day. This is showing that this will be a worldwide phenomena witnessed by the masses, not merely a secret coming in a private place. It also shows that in darkness illumination will come. The Son of Man is a reference to Jesus Christ in his prophetic office. Son of Man is a messianic title. is also used in re reference to Ezekiel 93 times, as well as other prophets. It is the prophetic office that is meant by this term. Therefore, the world will witness the return of a prophetic ministry revealing Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus manifested his ministry by revealing the secrets of the heart. Think of his first interaction with Peter and Nathaniel, the woman at the well. All of them, he told the secrets of their hearts, the names, parents, address, etc., Luke 17, 25, But the first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Jesus further defines what will take place and the nature of it. The lightning in verse, from verse 24 cannot be an immediate and instantaneous reference because this verse speaks of the days of the Son of Man. This means that the age that the Son of Man is revealed is a period of time over the course of years. The days of Noah were 120 years. Not that the days of the Son of Man will be precisely this period of time, but it merely points out that the days of the Son of Man are a period of time and not an instantaneous event. Luke 17, 27, They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. The days of the Son of Man they are referring to a period of time leading up to the judgment. They continued with life like everything was normal, but it certainly was not. Also to note, during the days of Noah, there was a prophet, Noah, preaching a message to repent and get into the ark. In the days of the Son of Man... There will be a prophet preaching a message to repent and re return to the true revealed Christ. Luke 17, 28 says, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. 29, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus, verse 30, shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. During the days of Lot, Abraham was outside of Sodom. God came and met Abraham and foretold of the coming destruction of Sodom, but more importantly prophesied of the coming son, Isaac. As he did so, Sarah laughed in her heart. God spoke to Abraham and said, Why did Sarah laugh, saying to herself, uh, to herself saying, I, Shall I have pleasure with my Lord? God discerned the heart of Sarah. This foretells a prophetic ministry at the end time wherein the secrets of the heart will be revealed, thus manifesting Jesus Christ to be the same yesterday and today and forever. There is also a promise of the opening of the word at the end time. Daniel 
12, verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Verse 8, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And verse 9, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Verse 10, Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise will understand. Daniel receives a vision, but he doesn't understand it. He's then told to shut up and seal the book until the end time. In verse 8, he asks for the understanding, and he's told again, the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Therefore, based upon the scripture, we understand that at the end time, there will be an opening of the world word, and it will be revealed and understood by God's people. Verse 10, it says, the wicked will not understand, but the wise will understand. What will the wise understand? The opening of the word. As the word came to the children of Israel through the prophet Daniel, so will the opening of the word come to God's people through a prophet. As the word, First uh, Peter 1 verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter is writing to the church. And in this verse, he shows that something further about salvation will be revealed in the last time. Daniel wanted to understand the word regarding redemption, but it was sealed until the time of the end. The words are in the scripture, but they are not to be fully understood until the end time. This is not a revelation only for Israel, but rather, as Peter writes, it's for the church. In Revelation 5, we witness a scene in heaven. There's a book in the hand of God sealed with seven seals. John sees that there's no one worthy to take the book and loose the seals, and he weeps because of it. Then one of the elders says to him, Don't weep, because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And John turns to look, and in the middle of the throne there's a lamb standing as it has, had been slain. He was found worthy to open the seals because he purchased us for God out of every nation. This is the book of redemption. Christ comes to claim his possession in order to complete the process of redemption. He opens the book, and then in Revelation 10 we see a mighty angel who by his attributes we realize is Christ himself in spirit form coming down with an open book and he speaks with a loud voice and when he does seven thunders utter their voices. John is about to write and he's forbidden to do so and he's told to seal up the words the seven thunders uttered. This then is connected to the sealed book of Daniel 12. The seven thunders utter the mystery that was hidden to Daniel. In Revelation 10:7, we find that in the days of the seventh angel seventh church age messenger, the mystery of God should be finished as it was declared to his servants, the prophets. Thus it is the seventh church age messenger, the end time messenger that reveals the mystery of the sealed book from Daniel's time. Now I want to introduce to you the end time prophet messenger. In the early 1900s, a baby was born in the Kentucky Hills. When he was born, his family reported that some kind of supernatural light came into the dark room when that boy was young, a whirlwind came into a tree that said, Don't ever drink or smoke or defile your body in any way, for there will be a work for you to do when you are older. When he was born again, that light appeared to him again in the form of a cross in a dark woodshed. When he started to preach in his local church and needs arose in the community, he saw visions that directed him to pray for those who were sick. He saw results and people were healed. In 1933, while he was baptizing new converts, that light appeared again. 
visible to all, and a voice spoke as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You are sent with a message to forerun his second coming. In 1946, after years of pastors telling him that his visions were from the devil, he went to the woods to pray and get an answer for what was transpiring in his life. A light appeared in the room and footsteps came towards him. An olive complexion man in a white robe appeared and spoke to him in, a, in the familiar voice he had heard since he was a child. The angel spoke and said, Fear not, I am sent from the presence of God to tell you that you're sent with a gift of divine healing for peoples of the world. If you'll be sincere and get the people to believe you, then no disease will stand in the way of your prayers, not even cancer. Great signs and wonders will be following your ministry, and you'll be praying for kings and monarchs. As Moses was given two signs of confirmation of his ministry, you will be given two signs. One would be praying for the sick, and the other would be you'd know the very secrets of the people's hearts. This man went through the throughout the United States, Canada, and around the world. Hundreds of thousands of people attended his meetings and watched the gift in action. As tens of thousands of people were healed, the deaf spoke, the blind saw, the lame leaped, secrets of the heart were revealed, and the dead were raised again. But not only this, he began to receive visions regarding the truth contained in the scriptures. In 1962, he received a vision that he would be in the Arizona desert, and a great sound of thunder would come when seven angels would appear to him in a pyramid shape. In March of 1963, the seven angels appeared to him and informed him to return to his home church and the revelation of the seven seals would be made known to him. Later in March 1963, each day, one of these seven angels met him revealing the interpretation of each seal. The minister I'm speaking of is William Branham. He went on to his reward in December 1965. But scripture has been fulfilled. Malachi 4, 5, and 6 in Matthew 25, 6, Brother Branham restored the apostolic faith and his message was the midnight cry forerunning the second coming. As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you will be sent with a message to forerun his second. William Branham's ministry was vindicated in order to show that he had the correct interpretation of the scriptures. He brought together all the loose ends the Reformation brought out. In Luke 17, 30, Revealing Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, through the prophetic ministry of discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Daniel 12, Revelation 5 and 10, the opening of the seals, revealed to William Branham in March 1963. I want, I want any of you, if you have any questions about this, concerns, or testimonies, please let me know. You can contact me at Jason Demars. Dot com. I thank you for listening in. May the Lord richly bless you.